0: One love, one heart Let's get together and feel alright Hear the children crying One love Hear the children crying One heart Saying give thanks and praise to the Lord and I feel alright Saying let's get together and Them up pass on their dirty remarks. Uh, there is one question I'd really love to ask. Why is there a place for the hopeless sinner who has hurt all mankind? Just to save his own, believe me. One love. Get together and feel alright, as it was in the beginning. One love, so shall it be in the end. One heart, Say thanks and praise to the Lord, and I will feel alright. So let's get together and feel alright. Let's get together. To fight this holy Armageddon. So when the man comes, there will be no, no doom. One song. Have pity on those whose chances they grow thinner. There ain't no hiding place from the Father of creation. One love. What about the one heart? One heart. Up, but let's get together and feel alright I'm pleading to mankind One love, oh Lord, one heart Give thanks and praise to the Lord And I will feel alright Let's get together and feel alright thanks and praise to the Lord And I will feel
1: Amen. Huh? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, uh, we ask now that through the power of your Spirit, you would help us to preach you. You're the Word. Be glorified in our midst, Lord Jesus. Amen. Hey, um, do you ever feel uh, puzzled uh, by church? You know, like uh, it's advertised as one thing on the cover of the box and then you open it up on the inside and it's uh, something different? Last two weeks uh, being here kind of in this new place that we're camping out has been pretty great. Um, but the honeymoon will wear off and somebody will do something that will tick you off or not do something that will tick you off. And you'll think to yourself, um, what were these people thinking? What are they doing? You'll ask, what's the vision? Well, actually, I have the vision. It's it's right here. I bought it at Mardell's just yesterday, and uh, I'm gonna give it to you now. Okay, um, this is this is the vision, and I want everybody to have a piece of the vision. Okay, so Susan, maybe you can give it to someone over on those that side over there. You just take some. All right, and this is this is like an explosion of vision. Don't worry, I got an explosion of meaning and vision. There you go, David. Everybody, get one of these. Okay, you got one, Steve. Take one of those, take one of those. Takes everybody has to have one. Okay, get some vision. There you go. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Grab some Karen over here. Do you have some pass them around. Ray, everybody has a vision. Okay, if you have if you have a piece, you have the vision, okay, Danette. What are you doing sitting way back there? Okay, all right. Now, does everybody have a, a piece? All right. It's important that everybody has a piece, and you can hang on to that every this morning. Also had a had a piece. Okay, uh, right up there, Mark. You take a. There you go. Have some vision. All right. So, so it's important that everybody has the vision. Did you get some? Did you ah! Okay. Here we go. All right. Okay, I think there should be some up there somewhere, okay? All right. Um, now let me, let me ask you, okay? That's, that's good, Michael. Um, uh, everybody has a piece, right? If you have a piece, you have the vision. Now, one piece, okay, you just hang on to one piece. Everybody has one piece, all right? What color is the vision? Green. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, who said green? You say green, all right. Now, how many of you agree that the vision is green? Okay, but some of you think it's something else. What, what else would it be? Red, Steve said red, and you said green, Cindy? I mean, are you saying that he doesn't have the vision? I mean, maybe he's not, maybe he's not receiving revelation knowledge. Maybe he doesn't fit. Maybe you should leave. Well, before you leave, Steve, I think this would be a good time to preach on 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And oh, check it out, I have notes. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is Paul's letter to the Corinthians. He, he He writes the following. Now concerning the spiritual or spiritual gifts. Brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit or except by the Holy Spirit. Now, that is a a really remarkable statement because Paul draws a remarkably large perimeter line around the church. So whether or not you see one color or another color, whether or not you subscribe to the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed or agree with all the Westminster Confession of Faith, if you say Jesus is Lord, the Spirit is at work in you, according to Paul. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. So there's a a diversity of charismata, that's the Greek, translated gifts. A diversity of diakonia, that's service. And a diversity of energia, uh, which is translated works. But one spirit, one Lord, one God, one love. You know, if there's only sameness, if there's only uniformity, then we're just like a pile of sand, right? A pile of dust. But if there's only difference, if there's only diversity, well, then we couldn't even talk to each other. But if there's unity and diversity and diversity and unity, well, then we're a family. A city, a symphony, a body, a life. Next verse. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good to each. So if you say, Jesus is Lord, and then you say, but I don't really have anything to offer. I don't have any gifts. We may be saved, but you're lying. If you say Jesus is Lord, you are part of the puzzle, and the puzzle is incomplete without you. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance, or logos, of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. As he wills. As he wills. But it's really not up to you what gifts you have and what gifts you don't have. And if you feel proud about your gifts or insecure about your gifts, then you probably don't really understand that they're gifts. And then they won't feel so much like gifts or blessings. They'll feel more like a curse. I, I think I'm called and gifted to preach, I think. But, but as soon as I feel proud or insecure, my gift feels like a curse rather than a blessing. Now, there's a variety of gifts according to Scripture, several different lists in different places. So I don't think any one list is exhaustive. And Paul isn't just talking about freaky supernatural gifts, you know. He's talking about daconia, service, and energia, uh, work. And, and one day you'll see that anything good is supernatural. And a gift, every good and perfect gift coming down from the Father of lights in whom there's no shadow or variation due to change. Spiritual gifts. You may be wondering then, well, what are my spiritual gifts? There are questionnaires, surveys, books, conferences. And I think that they're all helpful at times, but there is still a more excellent way. Well, next verse, verse 11. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills, like we just read. For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many But as it is, God has arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Because it's a body. The church. Are you ever intimidated at church? Are you? I am. I really uh, used to be, even more. At church, I'd hear someone say something like this, I had a vision, or I was praying and God said X, Y, Z, and I'd think to myself, holy moly, I'm not a Christian, because I don't hear God's God's voice, it seems. Well, well, You see, if I confess Jesus is Lord, I I do hear his voice. And I've heard his voice. It's just that I haven't heard his voice in the same way. Well, actually, once I did, but not normally. So if someone says to you, I heard Jesus say X, Y, Z, either A, they're lying, and that's taking God's name in vain. That's that's a problem. That's, That's ugly. Or B, they're telling the truth. And they have a gift which you may not have. Which actually is an even better gift, for to not have a gift means that you do have a body. Follow me? The ear should not say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. For in fact, you see, it's precisely because the ear is not an eye, it does belong to the body. My friend Pam was praying for me once, and she heard God say this. I didn't give Peter all that he had asked of me, because if I had, he wouldn't need my church. He wouldn't love my church. You see, the church is a body, and I am a member. Well, if you're intimidated at church, maybe you feel kind of like this. Can you see that? Kind of like you have one little old gift up there helps, like you're good at vacuuming or something. But you don't have any of the really cool gifts, you know what I mean? Like no prophecy, no miracles. And yet your lack of gifts is where you receive the greater gift, the body. Follow? Or maybe you feel kind of like this. You feel so gifted you don't even notice where you're not gifted. You're so gifted you think, I don't need church. I don't need the body. I don't need other people. And so maybe you come to church and you think these boneheads couldn't even organize their sock drawer. But you never stop to ask, hey, Jesus, are you calling me to organize their sock drawer? And could it be that their lack of a gift or organization or whatever is is really the presence of the gift of a body of which I am being called right now to be a part Well, you see, the reality is that we are all extensions and indentions. Say that? And for each extension, there is an indention. And each extension and each indention is a gift, a way to connect to the entire body. Even our sin. Especially our sin. If, It's surrendered. You know, God did not create sin. For sin is most truly nothing. It's an, an absence. God did not create sin, but he subjected us to sin in hope. If I hide my sin in shame, I remain alone and dead. But when I surrender my sin... What God did not create, I invite another to extend grace, something that God did create. I get the vision, and the body comes together. You see, the, the vision isn't just a puzzle. It's a living puzzle. It's, it's a body And it comes together at joints, body broken, bloodshed, relationships of passion, pain, and pleasure. It's knit together, not with policies and programs, but with living tissue. It's a body. So, the I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. It's a word play in Greek that reads like this. To our unpresentable parts, we give the greatest presentation, which our more presentable parts do not require. (laughs) Have you ever felt like one of those unpresentable parts? Have you ever been called one of those unpresentable parts? Well, think about it. Those are pretty important parts. Seed, soil, life. The very future depends on those parts. What honor! But God has so composed the body giving greater honor to the part that lacked it that there may be no division in the body But that the members may have the same care for one another if one member suffers all suffer together if one member is honored all rejoice together Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it when when one suffers all suffer When one is honored all are honored Because you are one body Bound in the covenant of Christ. And that kind of reminds me of my marriage vows and my marriage covenant. You know, I've found my, my wife, two she'll become one flesh, one body. I've, I've found my wife to be rather puzzling. She's different than me, physically and spiritually. Yet, when we put the puzzle together, diversity in unity, when our diversity comes into unity, that diversity becomes ecstasy and produces life. Even babies. But not just physical babies. Spiritual babies. And you know, for a long time, as the pastor and the leader, I felt like I needed to make my wife more like myself. With my gifts, you know? Kind of a Bible student and a systematic ethical thinker. <laughs> Praise God that I failed. Because my wife is an artist who gets words of knowledge and visions and may actually not have a left brain at all. <laughs> but but when, when I pray with her, it's, it's really amazing. She gets visions, and I interpret them. Diversity in unity, bearing life, Christ's life. You know, the sacrament of the covenant of marriage is the deepest physical celebration of diversity and unity. And the sacrament of the covenant of Christ, the table of the Lord, is To be the same thing and even more diversity in unity bearing life, eternal life. We worry in the church about the temptation to homosexuality, sameness, because it's not diversity in unity but uniformity we worry about homosexuality and maybe we should be more concerned about homo <laughs> Sameness in church. I, I mean, we got the same body parts in the same place doing the same thing. It's just like Martin Luther King Jr. said. He said, the most segregated hour in America is 11 a.m. Sunday morning. Because of our arrogance, our insecurity, our fears and our shame, we... We listen to the devil, and we think that everybody should be just the same, such that Sunday morning comes and all the ears in Denver are gathered together at the Quaker church. All the hands are gathered together at the Methodist church. All the eyes are gathered together at the Pentecostal church seeing stuff. All the knees are gathered together at the Roman Catholic Church praying stuff. And all the scholars get together at the Presbyterian Church trying to think stuff. And all the really, really great singers get together at the African Methodist Episcopal Church. And you see, that's not the body. That's bags of body parts. I sure hope you don't only want to hang out with folks just like yourself because then you'll be stuck with yourself. Boring, dead, bags of identical and dead body parts all over Denver. You know, when we'd put a puzzle together as kids, sometimes to start, just to start, we'd take all the blue pieces and put them in a pile, and we'd take all the white pieces and put them in a pile, and it's great that there's schools for scholars and conferences for prophets and seminars for teachers, but that's not the church. That's not the puzzle. That's preparation for church and preparation for the puzzle. But it's not until you put all those pieces together that you get the picture. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? but earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. Ask the Spirit for really good gifts, says says Paul. You you might get them. And now I will show you a still more excellent way to get them. See, I don't have the gift of visions. And yet I do, because I have Susan. Susan. I don't sing on key usually, and yet I do, because I have Justin. I'm not a good administrator, and yet I am, because I've got Elaine and, and Carissa. I don't have all the gifts, and yet I do have all the gifts, because I have the body of Christ. And when it comes together, it's life, it's Christ's life, and that's the vision. Jesus is the vision. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my life. You know that. Jesus is the vision. I mean, it's printed right there on the box. Church of Jesus Christ. It's, it's right there on the box. See, look at it. Right there on the box. Jesus. Jesus is the vision. And yet you're puzzled because you look inside the church, you look inside the box, and all you see is like broken pieces. All these puzzled pieces that's because Romans 5:5 5, 5, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the holy spirit it, it happened when the eschatos man The superman, the perfected man, Jesus the Christ was lifted into the air where he offered himself for the sins of the world, delivering up his spirit in death like an explosion of love and meaning that rained down over all the world. For when all the world chose destruction, Jesus Christ chose love. When all tried to take his life, he gave his life for all. He is the love of God shed (laughs) abroad in our hearts. Like this.
0: Watch the missile now! That missile is targeted to the giant's current position. Where's the giant, Mansley?
1: Well, oh.
0: It's a missile. When it comes down, Everyone will die There it is oh, Giant oh, 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 You stay Oh
1: Rain down all over the earth. Great movie, awesome theology. Well, Paul writes this. Earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. If I am the world's greatest body part, but not connected to the body, I'm nothing. I'm dead. Paul continues. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Love never ends. Love never ends because it is the end. Love isn't just a gift of the Spirit. Love is the Spirit. Love is of God and God is love. And, and if you, you, you have God, well... <laughs> You have everything. Love is the still more excellent way. And it is the final destination. Love is, is the vision and love is what brings the pieces together. Love in flesh is Christ. And love in you is the body of Christ. Colossians 3, above all these, put on love. Which binds everything together in perfect Harmony. All the pieces are useless unless they're bound together in love. And so we're called to love. And, and you say, well, how do we love? We love because he first loved us. So first and foremost, we stare at Jesus. We worship Jesus. We ingest Jesus. He's our vision. Yet he's a living vision. So he's not just stuck on the top of some puzzle box. So even as we ingest Jesus and live Jesus, we begin to see Jesus as he is here and now at 30th and Vallejo in us. So we stare at Jesus like we used to stare at the picture on the cover of the puzzle box and then we just start bumping into each other, (laughs) hoping to look like him, even his body. You see, churches have all kinds of programs and pastors and means and methods for connecting uh, the pieces. That's what apostles, prophets... Teachers, administrators, pastors are for connecting the pieces, the members. And, and I tell you, I think we have the very best congregational life pastor that I have ever met in Francis Ford Joni. And that no program, no pastor can knit your heart to another person's heart, can knit your life to another life. In fact, it seems to happen almost by accident when folks bump into each other with a vision of love. But it's not an accident. It's the spirit of love. It's God. So at the sanctuary, we all worship together every Sunday, except the last Sunday of the month, when we worship in several different places and smaller uh, groups where we have more chance to interact with our neighbor. We call them house churches. And we do it this way in order to bump you into other people, your neighbors. You know, when I was a kid, my mom used to always bring puzzles, jigsaw puzzles, on our family vacations to the mountains at my Uncle Chuck's cabin. We had no TV, and so each night we'd sit around working on jigsaw puzzles, just bumping one piece into another piece, hoping that it would fit, and most of the time it didn't fit, but sometimes they did fit, and so after hours and hours and days and days, we'd complete the puzzle and get the picture. We'd all do it, and I used to wonder, I remember wondering this, why do we do it? I mean, why don't we just buy the poster of the cute little kittens at Target, you know? Instead of the one that's cut into a 1,000 pieces and stuffed in a box. Have you ever wondered why God didn't just zap us all the way done right at the start? Have you ever wondered why the church is such a mess? I mean, why didn't he make us the completed body of Christ from from the very beginning? Why a few million or a billion pieces? Well, that is just an immense theological and philosophical question. But I do think I understand why mom bought the puzzles and brought the puzzles on family vacation. Number one, it was fun. Making stuff is fun because you are made in the image of the maker. So bringing diversity into unity is ecstasy that makes life and is love. And that's number two. We were learning to love. You see, mom knew that she wasn't just building a puzzle. She was building us, a family. So we'd just sit there staring at the pieces, staring at each other, studying, thinking what piece would connect to some other piece, I might try to match my piece, the one I was working on, with my sister's piece. If, if, it, if it didn't work out, though, I, I wouldn't panic. I wouldn't cry and say, it doesn't fit, it's not working, I quit. I didn't quit. I didn't quit because I had faith that there was a picture and I had a piece. I hear people say, you know, I tried small group or house church and, and, it, and it didn't work. Well, it usually doesn't work but that's part of how it works. Sometimes I'd try to force a piece. You know how you do that with a puzzle and and my sister would get mad at me and I'd get mad at her and, and mom would say, don't get mad, try it this way, try it that way. Come on, guys, forgive each other. Keep going. Sometimes... What didn't fit revealed what did fit. You, you know, people want to know what their, what their spiritual gifts are. My advice is this. Just skip the spiritual gifts questionnaire and start bumping into folks with a vision of love. In the next chapter, Paul writes this. If you're eager for manifestations of the Spirit... Are you eager for manifestations of the Spirit? I mean, cool stuff like levitation and raising the dead, that kind of stuff. If you're eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. That is, work on the puzzle, and you'll discover the pieces, your gifts and others' gifts. But you see, working on the puzzle was awkward and, and frustrating at times, and, and a lot of rejection. It doesn't fit, it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit, and then when it did fit, well then you had to give it away. So you had to love your piece, but not be attached to your piece, because you had to lose your piece to find the puzzle. So when you come to church, expect to feel puzzled. Awkward, sometimes rejected. Because you see, you're learning to love yourself and also lose yourself. And that's good because you must lose your life in order to find your life in the picture. To lose your life and then find your life in another is to love. And so number one, it was fun And number two, we were learning to love. And number three, we learned to love the picture. Have you ever seen those people, or maybe you are one of those people who solve a jigsaw puzzle, you know? And then when they have it done, they put glue on the backside, and they glue it to a piece of plywood or particle board or whatever, and frame it and put it on the wall, you know? That's because when you finish a jigsaw puzzle, you just want to look at it and look at it and look at it and look at it and look at it. it. I remember begging my mom over and over again for weeks not to put the puzzle away and put it back in the box, but just let us look at it. If it were just the poster of the cute little kittens, you know, and not the puzzle, we would have never even paid attention and God wants you to pay attention to Jesus and his body. So number three, we learn to love the picture, and number four, we learn to love ourselves because of the picture. As a kid, you know, I usually felt like I didn't fit. I was awkward, preacher's kid, often rejected. Picked last for a baseball at recess, last. But this incredible and magical moment would happen sometimes when we were working on the jigsaw puzzle at the cabin. You know, my mom, uh, she could put a puzzle together faster than, than any of us, but as we got close to the end of the puzzle, she'd slow down. And she started encouraging us. Well, try this, try, try that. And, and mom never placed the very last piece in the puzzle. And sometimes my piece was the very last piece. You see, the last piece was the piece that had been most rejected and least fit up until that point. But when I placed the least fit, oh, it suddenly became the most fit and the last was first a perfect fit. And everyone saw that I, Peter, (laughs) completed the vision with perfection. Jesus is the vision. The perfect image of the invisible God. And did you realize that he is incomplete Without you, without you in particular. Like a puzzle is incomplete without every piece, he is incomplete without you. For you not only have a piece, you are a piece of him. You are a member of his body, a member. They're scattered all over this room and all over this world.
0: Hogarth, um, the general sent this to you. What is it? He said it was the only
1: part recovered. He thought you should have it.
0: I miss him.
1: So on the night that Jesus, the eschatos man, the superman, the first and the last man, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, as he was preparing to be lifted up for all to see like an explosion of love and mercy over this entire world, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body given to you. You see, I don't think he wants you to take it and put it in a box on your nightstand like Hogarth. He wants you to take it and put it in your heart. He said, take and eat. Eat it. Become it. This is my body given to you. And in the same manner, after supper and having given thanks, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood of the covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Eat and drink in remembrance of me. You know, all over our world this day, people were remembering and eating and drinking. It's the body of Christ, and the body is coming together. And tonight, he asks you to come to his table and remember This is a remembering where the members come together. He's asking you to remember that you in particular are part of his body. And his body is incomplete without you. He's coming to get you. He loves you. In Jesus' name, believe the gospel. Amen. These dark cups are wine, the light cups are juice. We invite you to come forward, tear off a piece of the bread, dip it in in the cup. As you come forward, stare at the vision, all right? And then ingest the vision and let's get together. (laughs) In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And I think that's the benediction. Uh, In the name of Jesus, let's get together. Um, That is what's right, even if it hurts at the start. It's what Jesus wants. You are an indispensable part of his body.